0: It's your Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, July 20th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis and high quality content that wasn't sure we planned on talking a lot about James Van Reemsteke on today's show but I think it's going to turn out that way.
1: And here we are.
0: All right, let's get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, once again, I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here with the brilliant Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow us on Twitter at Flyers. That's where you'll keep up to date on all of our episodes and all the Flyers news. You can also email the show at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. On today's show, we are going to get caught up on some Flyers news, including salary arbitration. And then we are going to sort of dig into are the flyers really done for the offseason? And what could they do to take some steps forward with this roster? Then we're going to wrap up with our mailbag answering your flyers questions. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening. Hit that subscribe button, you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network, Uh, plus we're over on YouTube, so drop us a like and a subscription over there as well. So the salary arbitration list came out the other day for all of the RFAs that got qualifying offers, and Zach McEwen was on that list. Uh, he elected to go to arbitration, and uh, all of the qualifying offers expire this Friday. Uh, but for arbitration, if it gets that far, he can settle ahead of time, obviously. But those hearings are July 27th to August 11, So there could be a little bit of time before we know what's happening with McEwen.
1: It'll be a little bit of time. I expect they'll set a date Whether he gets to the date or not, who knows? A lot of times out of the 24 that I think they were on the list, I expect like five or six probably. That's just a guess. Um, We'll actually go to it. But honestly, I don't know how much of a raise he could actually get.
0: I don't either because it was very clear that, you know, while he took a lot of shots, nothing went in. And so – You know, I think that in order for a guy like him and his role on the fourth line to really make an argument, you kind of have to outperform your position, right?
1: Yeah, you'd have to have some goals or some sort of fancy stats that might really prove what you're doing other than just being an enforcer. So, I don't know. Good luck to him.
0: I guess so. Um, Yeah, fight for that coin, I guess, Zach. We do have some remaining RFAs waiting for acceptance of their qualifying offer. Uh, as of recording, we still have Jackson Cates, Linus Hogberg, Owen Tippett, Wade Allison, Tanner Lazinski, Hayden Hodgson, and Isaac Ratcliffe on our list.
1: Yeah, the only one who's in a good position here is Tippett because the Flyers went out and got him. And so they might end up settling a little more on him the others the others really have no leverage whatsoever
0: yeah i think if wade allison was more of a healthy guy he could command a little bit more and have some negotiating power but i I think it's a high-risk situation and he's got to understand that
1: and poor hayden hodgson like i'm not going to be all of a sudden this big hayden hodgson advocate but i'll ask the question how much better is nick delorier than hayden hodgson I just want to ask the question.
0: I mean, it's an excellent question because the answer is he's not. (laughs) He's just not. And I I think Hayden Hodgson has so much more to offer offensively. um, And I think that he's a a really creative player out there. You know, he's not a top line guy. Like, don't get me wrong. I understand what he is. But I do think that in, you know, your bottom six, if you need a, a guy to be a little bit creative and create some additional opportunities and have some vision out there. I think he's a good option for you.
1: Could have saved him 1.7 over four years.
0: And that is absolutely true. Oh, not
1: 1.7, but 0. 0.7.
0: <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Good story, too, of like moving all the way up yeah. from. From uh, the lower levels and in the ECHL as well. And now he's going
1: to be buried probably in Lehigh again.
0: After all that. All right. Uh, There was another bit of, I don't know if it's news as much as speculation with some heft behind it, but... Uh, Sam Carcidi tweeted and wrote about the Flyers having uh, let Harry Bricker from the equipment staff go, as well as there are still some outstanding questions on the training staff, which is something we've talked about on the show in terms of, you know, the uh, the team's seeming willingness to bring people back too soon from injury. Right. And the training staff may be having something to do with that. Of course, there's the lawsuit going on. Uh, with the conditions at the Voorhees Training Center as well, so that there's expected to be some turnover there. But again, we haven't heard anything official from the team, but it just seems like they're trying to get rid of everybody who was there before. I mean,
1: I I just think we're going to have to look in the uh, media guide, digitally or otherwise, at the season start to see who these people are, because I don't think there's going to be much transparency.
0: There isn't. It's been this running theme. And again, we've been talking about this where we hear little to nothing from the team itself uh, about any of these staff updates or what they're plan is in order to support the roster and especially again with all of the injuries that the Flyers had last season I'm pretty sure the Flyers were third overall in the NHL with man games lost yeah. last season and you know that can't happen again and I, I think that it's going to be a big deal who this staff is and how they operate there's going to be a lot more eyes on it this upcoming year than there were last year. And so being yeah, just transparent about it could it. help. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, if Chuck would have just given an update on it, he did talk about it saying, you know, months ago that it was going to be looked into and they're going to, uh, I think he said they were investigating or whatever the word, right. That he was using, but there's no update.
0: There isn't. And we still haven't gotten official updates on any other coaching staff. That's, working with John Tortorella, you know? So I, I think that it's kind of a mess. And Lehigh,
1: right? Is Lehigh full? Mm-hmm. I mean, is the coaching staff full there?
0: Could be. Don't know. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. It's, uh, I th- I think that maybe it's just understood that it's the same coaching staff there until we hear otherwise. Like okay. I mean, I guess that's the only way we can operate, right?
1: That would be, and if that were the case, right there is an admission of, well, we'll get around to it. Like, they weren't good last year. They needed a lot of help. And you're now, even this year, even more than ever, are going to be relying on some of these guys to develop. I don't know. I just feel like it would be good if some changes were made simply because they come out and say Lehigh wasn't good enough last year. They haven't really said anything about Lehigh Good season, bad season, disappointing. Otherwise, have you heard anything?
0: I mean, we heard a little bit that it was disappointing. Uh, that was like in the, the very the, end
1: of the season, but then that the was it, The very end right? of the
0: season, and that's basically been it. And there have been other teams around the AHL that have made really strong moves from a coaching perspective to try mm-hmm. and, and get better and and hiring you know, really good. I think Dan Bilsma got another job in the yeah. AHL. So, uh, you know, there's some good coaches out there for the AHL level. And we just haven't heard anything on that front, which is infuriating, I got to say. It's just
1: weird. It's just, you know, it, fine. If Lappie is there, that's fine. You know, you give him another chance. But if he has the same kind of year as last year, you're going to let him roll through the whole season? You can't. Like, there's no way you can.
0: No, I certainly hope there's more attention to detail on on that as we get into next season, because I think you're right. Uh, You cannot have another year of just lack of progress and cohesiveness.
1: Lehigh's still there. We know that.
0: Yep. It is. Uh, One other quick bit of news, uh, just more of an update on Ivan Fedotov. His wife posted something to social media, uh, just sort of expressing that he had said that he was uh, very thankful for the support And that, you know, he hopes everything works out um, and he he knows that people are in his corner. So that's pretty much all we've heard, though, since the bulk of the news happened.
1: He'll be gone for the year. So next year is another year for Ivan. And, uh, you know, luckily, this is his only punishment. So that's it. That's all we're probably going to hear from him. Again, I do want to just say I understand that while the goaltending isn't the backup goaltending isn't ideal right now on the Flyers. It was not a hundred percent guaranteed that he was going to make the team and be the backup either. Like I think people True. just need to. There, they, everybody was acting like, "Wow, this really, you know, he was going to be the backup." That was a hope, but you don't know how quickly he was going to s- switch to North American hockey. Like he still may need some time next year. He may not still may not be ready to be the backup next year. And what do we, you know? For all we know, Sandstrom could still win the job. So you know it's a, it's an unfortunate thing for him as a as a human but i'm just saying from the flyers perspective it wasn't a guarantee that's all
0: well we are going to switch gears up next and talk a little bit about the question of is chuck fletcher actually done this off season? and what could he do to upgrade the team even marginally but first we're going to talk about our friends at bet online
1: BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league review and news, including Major League Baseball and all the info leading up to next year's NFL, NBA, and NHL seasons. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. And BetOnline.net. Remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, tennis, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: Which NFL stars moved the betting line the most locked on gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at bet online. It's available now on locked on NFL, wherever you get your podcasts and over on YouTube. So Russ, Chuck Fletcher said he was done in free agency at the end of the day last week, but doesn't preclude him from making additional moves this off season. No. Um, there are trade possibilities. Trades as are being always. made every day. Yep. They they are. People are still continuing to sign some free agents. And there are also other opportunities like a second buyout window. So mm-hmm. I want to talk about that first because I think the biggest question now, even though he said, you know, we're done, this is the team. Uh, but is it still worth considering a buyout of JVR?
1: Yeah, I think it is because you know, again, if I if and, and again, I'm I'm not doing this for every year of his Flyers' career, but like last year, first month of the season, well, actually from October through November, he had two goals. Then you go from March through April, and he had ten goals. So there's a lot in between there. So again how many goals are you going to get out of JVR before you have to trade him for like a fourth round pick? Like that's the question. So is it better to do that or is it better to try and get somebody who's still out there with that cap savings who, you know, as an example, like Phil Kessel. And I know people are going to be like, oh, he doesn't play great defense. He survived with Mike Sullivan, who essentially plays the same way John Tortorello plays. So I think Phil Kessel could survive here. He probably does want to revive his career since he's still – you know, 34, 35, probably wants to play a few more years. He, to me, even though he had a horrible year, has a lot more upside than JVR as a goal scorer and, or at least scoring at the right time. I think it's been proven JVR doesn't score at the right time.
0: So there's a a few things I want to talk about there because with a buyout, the Flyers would save 2.6 million on the cap. A buyout is very expensive on the cap for this season so it does get them 2.6 million but it doesn't get them anywhere close to the full 7 million of his cap hit and it adds a 1.3 million dollar cap hit next year which is less significant because the cap is going up but still something right Mm -hmm. Right. so i just want to make sure it's clear what kind of money we're gaining here and what you can and can't do with it Uh, i i think with phil kessel it's an interesting situation because I think that he is a decent option and I think he could score more goals than JVR mm-hmm. and and be more opportune. Like you said, mm-hmm. I think, you know, the timing is there. Phil Kessel is also on an Ironman streak.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: And I don't know if I want to go through that again,
1: Russ. I know, I get that. I, I That part I understand, but still... Even on a horrible year for Phil Kessel, um, he um, he had 52 points. He just only had eight goals. Like, JVR hasn't had 52 points in a while. And that's why I'm thinking, just why wouldn't you just call him up, Minnesota guy to Minnesota guy, and just say, hey, Phil, you know, what's going on? You are looking for a spot? We may have one for you. And, uh, you know, and, and Phil's from Wisconsin, but he played in Minnesota. So that's where he would know him from.
0: Yeah, I also wonder with him in terms of that level of output, even if it is reduced just because of age and attrition and the natural things, I just think about his ability to just kind of do what he wanted out there in Arizona relative to what Tortorella would demand of him. And is that going to reduce what he would produce out there to make it worth doing any of this
1: it it didn't in Pittsburgh I know he's a few years past that but in Pittsburgh they were very demanding of him and if you remember um when Washington won the cup I think the reason they won the cup I was there for the deciding game Kessel had a bad foot and when he went out Pittsburgh was sunk but if you go look at the years I mean he had 92 points 82 points sure absolutely so like he, he responded so maybe he just needs to be out of Arizona and just needs to get fired up. On a one-year deal to prove yourself in Philly would be a good thing because, again, it would also make your team better. You, would, I mean, I just feel like bringing JVR back just represents a failure of the cap, um, a lot of the same, hey, there's some of these same guys still around, underperforming guys. And I don't think that's great for the uh, for the locker room. I know Torrance will sort it all out. But he might sort it all out by diminishing his playing time, or you know, yeah. So I just, I just feel like you're. They've just decided that. Well, we're just going to leave JVR there because we couldn't do anything with him. I don't know if that's a you know a great solution.
0: I also think uh, there's like a little nugget of truth in there, Russ, in terms of. The visual of JVR, like the second JVR skates out onto the ice for warmups, every single Flyers fan who actually makes the track to the building for these games is going to look at him and say, that's Johnny Goudreau's money right yeah. there.
1: Yeah. And even though it's not entirely true.
0: and And how positive is that?
1: That's a part of it. Like, it's all a part of that failure. And to me, I would want to turn the page on that as an organization. Look, in reality, is Phil Kessel going to get you many more wins than than JVR? Probably not. probably three or four. No. But would he help development of other players? if he's having a good year? would you gain a better asset in the end? Like if Phil Kessel's got twenty twenty five goals at the trading deadline, you're getting more than you will get for JVR because it's Phil Kessel and they're like, okay, he's got a scoring touchback. You know, you might get a second and a third.
0: Yeah, that, that was going to be my next point as I do think he's potentially more valuable at the trade deadline. Yeah. I think that you wouldn't have to pay to, for somebody to take him. Somebody would actually give you a pick back right. in that sort of deal. So, so there, there is too. an upside there. Absolutely. And also,
1: you know, on defense, Calvin Dehan, right? Uh, I know people could point to last year. He didn't have a great year statistically, but neither did the Islanders. So whatever. But right. Calvin Dehan but- can still play defense. and And he's a good skater. I know many Islander fans are kind of hoping he'll slot in there at the last minute, but, you know, what if he doesn't? What if they make another move, they're capped out like a lot of other teams, and all of a sudden Calvin DeHaan has to find a place to play? Well, Calvin DeHaan's a massive – And I said Islanders. I meant Chicago for last year. Um, There's a massive upgrade for Calvin DeHaan over Kevin Connaughton or Nick Seeler, but the Flyers were so quick to lock up those guys – it didn't even give an opportunity for somebody else to sort of fall on their lap like this. Yeah. Cause listen to these time on the ice numbers, 18, 18, 19, 18, 18, 19, way more than you're going to get out of sealer and Connaughton. That's what he's been playing the last five, six years time on the ice.
0: Right. And so, like I was saying, I think that there are opportunities out there for Chuck Fletcher to make additional moves. They certainly should not be on vacation for the rest of the summer. And, you know, I think that while there was a window in there where they could have made it more of a rebuild and bottom out, I think where they are now, pushing forward and trying to make the team better is not a horrible idea. <laughs> I understand people want to tank for Bedard and I get it, but I think they they're too far in the other direction.
1: They are. They're they're already past that third pick they're probably you know gonna hover somewhere around that eight to ten area anyhow and so like you said if you're if you're at that point you should just try and make the team better because again here's a positive side Phil Kessel comes here he likes it he says hey you know what I'll sign the next couple years here why not they don't get him on a big deal maybe they picked up a a 30 goal score on the way like you know this is they closed the door on all of this when they signed DeLaurier, who's never going to score 20 goals he's had 10 at the most in his career like they closed the door on any other thing like that and i get it if you wanted to have a certain amount of toughness whatever fine but there's still other ways to upgrade this team and i was under the impression 3 months ago they they would be busy and do whatever they could to upgrade it and we just sort of got this laundry list on you know during the free agency period and that was it Like, here we go. All these spots are filled. He did that last year. This is the same thing he did a year ago, just filled in the gaps quickly.
0: Yep. All right. We are going to answer your mailbag questions coming up next. Uh, More JVR conversation and some prospect talk as well. So looking forward to that. Russ, we have been talking a lot about the Flyers free agency, so our first question is a good one. What other teams had a really good free agency period, and can the Flyers learn anything from them?
1: It's a good question. Uh, obviously Columbus. I know nobody in the right. Flyers wants to. I, I, but I'm going to say why for Columbus. It's not because they got Johnny Goudreau. It's because when Jarmo Kekalainen had the chance to get him, he got him. Like, that was the difference. He wasn't trying to get Johnny Goudreau. But he all of a sudden, he heard Johnny Goudreau through his own players. Um, Eric Robinson is a guy who I covered at Princeton. He's apparently known Johnny for years in New Jersey. Eric called him and started you know, getting him talking because Johnny had an interest in Columbus that none of us knew about, right? And once mm-hmm. the GM caught wind of that, he reacted quickly, didn't he?
0: He did. And they, they made it happen. Um, I think you're right there. I think the Red Wings had a really solid. The Red Wings did well. Yeah, they added a lot. They did. And, you know, I would say maybe the Ben Chirot deal is the term is not great on it. It's not. But years. they wanted
1: somebody to teach. Yeah. Um, Simon Evanson's a guy who's coming up, a big defenseman right, who's got exactly. a lot of ability. They want him to play with him, I believe.
0: Right. So, you know, you understand you have to make some of those sorts of deals. But all the other ones are, are pretty solid. They got Cop. For five years, Uh, David Perron on a two-year deal. Which is a really Um, good deal. He's a good Really good deal. Yeah, exactly. For, you know, I think a reasonable price at 4.75, you know, that would have been nice to have on the I'm trying to think. If you add up
1: 2.6 and 1.7, that's like 4.3. Almost there.
0: You're almost there. And that would have been a much better option. Um, I think, obviously, Ottawa had a pretty good time of it. Um, I think they're headed in the right direction now, which is strange to say, but no.
1: But I mean, eventually, it's you know Things do turn, and their goaltending's a little better. They definitely added to their team. I think Jake Sanderson will make a massive difference, like Moritz Seider did for the Red Wings. So, Ottawa's going to be better. Are they playoff better? I don't know yet.
0: Right, we'll see. All right, back to JVR. Can John Tortorella make JVR more than a one-dimensional player?
1: No. No, I'm going to say the same way with Marion Gabrick. Um, He'll he'll make JVR tolerable if he's scoring. And if he's not scoring, then that's where the problem will
0: lie. Yeah, I think so, too. I think, you know, when we said what our uh, supposed Flyers lineup might look like, that he'll start on that top line, but he'll drop quickly if he's not doing what he needs to be doing positionally and he's right. not backchecking any of that stuff it's going to be nope you're going to get your ice time cut because tortorella is not going to stand for that uh this is a good question a- about tortorella's impact uh, last season lineup changes made by mike yo had little to no effect on outcomes do we think tortorella's adjustments will have more impact
1: well his adjustments will have more impact because his voice has more impact. Mike Yo just doesn't have the oomph behind him. Torr's got all the years of experience. And it's not like yelling. It's not like that's not, it's just he's very firm. He knows what he's doing. Uh, he is in charge. The team is backing him up. You know, Mike Yo was sort of in charge, but nobody really feared Mike Yo in any way, shape, or form. And in Torts, they will for playing time. Like that's that's the one thing you could take away from a hockey player that's very valuable to them: playing time.
0: Yeah, if somebody gets sat or gets again moved down the lineup with fewer minutes, and it's very clear that that's what's happening there, I think that player uh, will definitely step it up. And you know, we'll see if they get it back. But I th- think that those changes have a lot more meaning now Mm -hmm. than they did last year. That's for sure. Uh, This is a good question about some prospects. Uh, What should the expectations for Tyson Forrester be full year in the AHL or will he come up at some point?
1: Well, I think you should start him in the AHL because he's, you know, he's coming off an injury. You never want to have him start at a level higher. I don't think that's a good way to do it. I think you ease him into the pool. You let him go in the AHL Hey, if he's dominating and they have a a need, fine, bring him up. If he's just having a good season and that's nothing wrong with that, then let him have the year of development in the AHL.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree there. I think there's no reason to rush him up. But if he's outperforming what he needs to and, you know, there's a need for it on the Flyers, bring him up sooner. I think it's a good play-it-by-ear situation with him. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to combine the next two because they're both World Juniors-related questions. So is Cutter Gauthier going to play in World Juniors this summer? And then uh, based on what, Russ, you saw of Ty Murchison at DevCamp, do you think he has a better chance to make Team USA?
1: I think he has a chance. I don't know if he's a lock. I wouldn't call him a lock yet, but I do think he has a chance. As far as um, Cutter Gauthier... I just get a feeling he won't play. I think he's going to end up focusing just, you know, being on campus and for BC and just getting, cause he's going to be switching positions. Like he could play center in that tournament. He could, if that coach wants to do it for the world juniors, but let's say the coach doesn't want to do it for the world juniors. Then is it worth it for him to go play at wing at the world juniors when you're going to try and make it on the BC roster, you know, as a rookie As a freshman, as a center, I think he's got to focus on that. So that's the complexity of it for me.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point about the position, because I think you're right that if he wants to reach his goals playing on the wing in World Juniors, even though it's a prestigious tournament, may not be the right move for him because he wants to showcase himself as a center. All right, those are some really good questions. Always good to hear them and get them from you guys. You can always contact us with your flyers questions. You can tweet us at lockdownflyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. Wanna wrap up with our flyers fun thing. The Flyers PR department won an award, the Dillman Award, from the Professional Hockey Writers Association. They give it to one team in the East and one team in the West. I think it's funny, the Wild were the team in the West that won it. Um, But, you know, especially because Zach Hill, this was kind of his swan song for, you know, a full year. And to win the award on his way out is really nice.
1: Yeah, for him to go out on top, I feel great about that. Uh, The Flyers staff has always been tremendous. Joe will do a great job moving forward. I don't have any qualms about it, and I think it's really, really cool. I've heard that the Wild are great to deal with. I've just never had to deal with them, so I can't really comment.
0: Well, congrats to Zach and the whole team over at the Flyers, and I've had nothing but amazing experiences dealing with them as well. So uh, congrats to the entire team. That'll do it for today's show. We're going to be back again on Friday, and we'll have a special guest, Allison Lucan, who is a broadcaster for the Seattle Kraken, but also covered the Columbus Blue Jackets for many years. So we're going to talk to her about John Tortorella and his coaching style, how that might fit here, and plus how to watch a team like the Flyers, who much like last year's Seattle Kraken, uh, have some, you know, depth problems, and we might have... Um, some really interesting things from her on what to watch for on teams. Are we going to
1: get into like beverages of choice? Like, (laughs) is it going to get like (laughs) that? I don't know. Okay.
0: All right. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You can stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked on NHL, your daily NHL podcast. Have a great day, everyone.